I'm Mike Vardy. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. Whether you're a creative or not, you need to have focus. And this week on the Productivityist Podcast, I am featuring... A return guest, Sean Blanc. He is the man behind SeanBlanc.net. And as we are getting ready to present this, he is putting forth a summit called the Creative Focus Online Summit, of which I am part of. We dive into things like time, clarity, overwhelm, a whole bunch of other things in this episode. And I'm really excited to bring it to you now. So without further ado, here's my discussion with Sean Blanc on the Productivityist Podcast. It's always a pleasure to chat with you, Sean. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Mike. I love being here. So I want to talk to you today about a few things, but one of the first things I want to talk about is something that I often do when I'm doing a podcast episode. And you, it's actually, I wouldn't say often, but it happens. And it's when I start talking about tools with guests, it means that I've run out of things to ask the guest about. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep that in mind next time I listen to one of your shows and like, oh, he just ran out of things to talk about. That's pretty much the way it goes. Um, and I want to talk to you. I mean, you and I have talked before about tools and stuff like that. And I think tools are obviously important. But I want to talk about the idea between systems versus tools because you, you've, you and I both are... I, I think we're on the same page with this, but I want to get your thoughts on the, the idea of, of where systems come in and where tools come in and how they kind of intersect. Can you share your thoughts on that as we dive into this conversation today? So you don't want me to talk about like my clicky keyboard? No, and, I, I don't and, need to. I mean, I know I love it and I could get Amazon affiliate linkage for it, but let's dive <laughs> into something a bit broader to start off. 
Uh, no, this is good. No, I love it. Like, yeah, the idea of systems uh, versus tools. I think, um, yeah, I think with with tools, right? It's easy to jump into talking about tools because it's so quantifiable, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can, uh, you know, you can say, "Hey, this guy's a writer." what kind of keyword do you use and what writing app do you use and what, you know, blogging software do you use and all of that stuff. Right. And it's, it's sort of like this idea that, well, gosh, if I use the same tools, then I can, I can get the same results or you go like, well, I want to do that too. And obviously I've got to have some kind of, you know, tools in place in order to be able to do that. So tell me which tools that I should use so I can start doing that. And, um, and so it's so easy to just get hung up on that. Um, I mean, I love to nerd out about it as much as anybody. Like some, I mean, I run an entire website called tools and toys and it's just, you know, it's just dorky, fun, cool stuff that we can nerd out about. Um, but at the same time, it's the, the tools in of, of themselves don't, you know, make a craftsman or make a business person or they don't make you productive, right? It's, it's your, how you use the tools, obviously. And I mean, we know this. I don't think anyone listening is, you know, having any sort of revelation at the moment, but I think the reminder is so helpful of not focusing on the tools or not obsessively focusing on the tools. Um, so I like to focus on systems in terms of how, you know, my approach towards structuring my time in my day and my approach towards capturing ideas and just the mindsets and kind of the systems that revolve around that stuff um, and then the tools in and of themselves, A, can like, you know, be interchanged and B, don't really matter as much when, when you're focusing on the system itself, um, if that makes sense. Totally, totally makes sense. Um, you find your new parent again. Yes. Really, like Point a, number three. A, a reclaimed parent. Because <laughs> you're, you're not really new because you've done it before, but you've got a new child, right? Yep. And do you find that your the way you work so the systems that you use or anything like that do you find that stuff creeps in to the the family life stuff or do you find that you because you've got like kind of a good you mean we can talk about content strategy and all that stuff that you've got going on with blog media but do you find that 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 kind of stuff bleeds into the family stuff or do you find that you've got because this is your third go round or because you know you've just got a, a good sense about you to keep it separate you find that they kind of don't, there's not as much bleed as, as one might think. Um, do you mean bleed in, in terms of like my, my work life kind of infringing on Using, my family you, life or uh, do you mean I like my what, work systems? I think the systems, like just yeah. feeling like, you know, I mean that, cause one of the things that's happened with me is that, you know, I mean, giving my kids checklists and stuff like that, you know, I mean, and my daughter occasionally goes, Oh, here he goes. The time management guy. <laughs> right. Like, I love it. <laughs> Um, oh man, I wish my kids had checklists. My oldest is four and a half. We're, um, we're close. Actually, we're thinking of like, we've been, we've been talking about giving him a, like a daily checklist in terms of like his morning routine and his evening routine. Cause he is, he's, he's four and a half, but he thrives on routine. And so we're like, man, wouldn't it be cool? Like, what if we had some stickers and a little chart and he could, you know, follow along. So, so yes, we do want to implement that stuff, but we're not there yet. But, um, to answer your question, a lot of my systems that I use for work, like the core systems themselves don't really bleed into my family life. But I know that a lot of my mindsets and like my approach towards, towards moving my business forward are also things, you know, that I use everywhere. So I think probably the core, I would say like the core foundational 
thing for me is uh, this idea of like personal integrity and um, or like helping your future self. I think a lot of people that's a that's a term that that's kind of becoming more common lately. Um, and yeah, I've got this thing called the focus course. And actually when it's this whole, uh, you know, system or whatever, it's like a tool, but the very first day, like, I, I feel like this is so core, this idea of helping your future self. It's like the very first thing we do on the very first day of the course. And I have everybody set out their clothes, uh, that they're going to wear tomorrow, like the outfit for tomorrow. So it's like tonight before you go to bed, pick out what you're going to wear tomorrow. And then tomorrow when you get up, like wear that. And I feel like this is is, is, I feel like it's monumental on so many levels and primarily like the, the level of the personal integrity that you made a commitment to yourself and then you followed through with it. And I mean, you know, as we're coming up on the new year of 2017, yeah, January is going to see a lot of people buying gym memberships, a lot of people signing up for, for dieting plans, a lot of people making adjustments to their financial budget, whatever, right? Like we see the new year and it's, it's like this blank slate and it's like, man, I can do anything I want. I can be whomever I want. And we say, I'm going to be this and, you know, health wise, relationships wise, financially wise, work wise, we set all these big goals and we start them all on January 1st. And it's like within a week, we're not following through with them. And I think there's a, a few issues to that. One of them is it's too much change too fast. You can't start that fast. You got to start slower. But two, a lot of us, we just don't have this history of taking ourselves seriously. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what I mean by personal integrity is we make a goal, we make a commitment. And what, you know what? It's like we change our mind later and we decide not to follow through with it. And that doesn't mean that you can never change your mind. But it, it also it means like when you set a commitment for yourself, you should follow through with that and trust your gut and and, and trust your instincts to, to, to see it through to the end. And so that's kind of why, you know, set out your clothes for tomorrow. You set out the outfit, you get up in the morning, you put it on and it's like, Hey, that's a, that's a win. I mean, it's super dorky, right? It's just kind of, <laughs> it's, it's, it's silly, but it's a win. You know what? You, you made a decision about what you were going to wear tomorrow and then you followed through with it. And that is a, like, it's a small step in the right direction of establishing that personal integrity. And so that's a huge one. And then this other one of like helping your future self of, you know what, like I made a decision tonight, you know, tomorrow in the morning, like I'm going to be tired. My kids are going to be waking up. They're going to be going crazy because they like to run around in their underwear. Uh, you know, I got to get my oldest out to preschool, like all these things that are going to be happening in the morning is just going to be crazy time. It's like tonight, I mean, I've gone to bed. I'm not, you know, I don't care what I'm going to wear tomorrow. Like give me some clean underwear and a clean shirt. I'm good to go. Um, and it's like, I can pick that out tonight without hardly any emotional involvement, any big commitment, whatever. And in the morning, I've just saved myself some mental energy as well as some time for getting ready for my day. And that's like a huge, you know, helping your future self. And so like the, this little silly thing of sitting at your clothes, um, to me is like one of the core just bedrocks of, you know, productivity systems and being effective, doing your best creative work, having an effective family life is, you know, having that personal integrity to follow through with your commitments and doing little things now that are going to help make life a little bit easier for you in the days, years to come, et cetera. One of the things I've noted on your blog is uh, the core values that Blanc Media has and integrity is right at the top, practicing integrity. Um, yeah. I actually look at this and it's funny because I talked to you about like, does this stuff bleed into your personal life? I would imagine that being transparent, which is also there, pursuing generosity and building community also do. Would that be correct? Yeah, absolutely. And if anything, 
honestly, it's, Mike, it's kind of the other way around. Like these are personal yeah. core values for myself, for my family that happened to bleed into the business um, as opposed to the other way around. But yeah, you're absolutely right. So what, when you sat down to kind of, and again, it's probably not your sitting down to come up with them, but more to articulate them. Like, because I know a lot of people, a lot of my listeners out there are kind of like, okay, listen, I, they're not lost, but they don't have almost like a, a, in a manifesto isn't the right word, but they, they, they get lost in the day to day. They get lost in, you know, the, the, the lack of clarity that they can have throughout their day because things are coming at them so quickly and, 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 you know, without, without reproach, you know, what did you do when you were kind of saying, I need to put these, I need to put this out in writing. Like I need to articulate this so that I have some, like a waypoint I can look to. Like, how did you do that? Was it in, like, was it something you set out to do or was it just something that you just kind of said, Hey, this has been in my spark file for a while. It's just time to put it out there. It was actually, it was assigned to me by my business coach. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know, about six months ago, I hired Corbett Barr. Um, yep. or, sorry, sorry, sorry. Barrett Brooks, um, who used to work for Corbett Barr with right. Fizzle. Um, and so Barrett Brooks, uh, you know, stepped down from Fizzle uh, over the summer. Um, and so he started doing some, some business coaching on the side. And I've been working with him for uh, several months now. And super sharp guy. Awesome. And one of the first things that we kind of did as some of our early, like kind of coaching sessions was we, um, you know, we, he goes, okay, tell me about your business. What does it look like in a year from now? What does it look like in five years from now? Um, he had me describe the business. He goes, okay, in 2017, describe your business. What is it doing? What is the, you know, what kind of revenue is it generating? What kind of audience are you reaching? What kind of products are you working on? What does your team look like? And he had me describe it in like present tense. So I'm, you know, I'm writing 18 months into the future, but I'm writing it as if it's, it's as if it's a retrospective basically. Um, and then he, you know, wanted to say like, what are some of the core values? And so we just kind of talked through some of this stuff, um, and just kind of like worked it out. Like what is, what's the business about? And, and the core values, you know, like you said, they're, uh, you know, practicing integrity, being transparent, pursuing generosity and building community. Um, and like these things, like they're verbs that we do, we practice integrity, you know, we don't value integrity. We practice it. Like we do it. It's a, it's an action, um, not just like a, a poster. Right. And, um, and so like this kind of stuff, it really made me think like in terms of, as we're trying to to do new approaches to different types of marketing and 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 growing our audience and different uh, business strategies, and we're just experimenting, you know. And it's like one thing I've learned, Mike, and I'm, I'm, I know that you can relate to this, is that there is no one right or wrong way to do business. There's mm-hmm. no one right or wrong way to provide value to other people. There's no one right or wrong way to grow your audience or to scale your business. Right. And there's a lot of people that are doing things that I would never in a million years do. Cause I feel like slimy incorporating that. Um, but I also know that there's stuff that I used to do that doesn't really work anymore. And so I have to make, uh, changes and, and evolve and adapt, right. And whatever. And so it's like all of this stuff, it's like, you're just in the midst of it. Like all the, the, the spider web of everything. And having some core values that go, this is important to us. You know what? We, we want to be transparent. We want to, um, and so one of the ways, like, here's an example for, for transparency. I'm actually, you know, when this show comes out, I think it's gonna be Monday, December 5th. And, uh, you're taking part with me. We're doing this, uh, creative focus online summit and it's really cool. You know, all week long it's happening right now. And what I love about this is 
tons and tons of amazing people are would have some incredible conversations. Um, you know, I've I've had the opportunity to, to have these conversations with these people in a, you know very Q and A kind of style format. And I'm walking away personally from each conversation. I've got like notes and some action items that I'm implementing. Um, but also, you know, something we're doing is this summit is also it's we're giving it away for free. People can sign up and, and go through it and watch the videos. But it's also to help raise awareness of the focus course, which is this guided thing. And we're opening up, you know, sales for that next week. And so I'm telling people about the course, like as they're signing up for the summit, I'm letting them know, you know what, in a week from now, we're going to be opening up registration for the focus course. And I know that that act of like telling people a little bit of what your end game is. A lot of people say, oh, don't do that. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be too transparent up front. You shouldn't give away too much up front because, uh, you know, it might sway some people away. They might not be interested, whatever. Like you got to keep them on the carrot or whatever. And for us, you know what, one of our core values is, is transparency. And, and we like to share numbers, you know, like I have this whole article where I unpacked about our, uh, you know, when the focus course first came out in the summer of 2015, uh, you know, and it made, uh, $117,000 in the first week. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to share that information. I'm going to share everything I did about leading up to that launch and what we did, the emails that we sent, the marketing that we did, the people that we connected with, the, the revenue numbers, all of it, because I think that it would be helpful to other people. And because you know what, that's one of our values. We want to value transparency because, you know, for me, I have gained so much from other people that have chosen to be transparent uh, with their business, with their numbers, with the things that they're working on, with their challenges, all of that stuff. When people are just honest and real, I feel like that's when I get the most amount of actionable, helpful advice that I can use this and this will impact me. And so I decided, you know what? Some people might think it's weird. Some people might think it's not a best practice, but I've been so impacted by this and I want to, those are the kind of people that I want to serve the other ones that will not think it's weird, but that they'll be impacted by it. So all I have to say, like, you know, having these core values, it helps you with all the weeds that you're trying to, you know, work through and, and hustle with in terms of making changes, doing stuff, et cetera, et cetera, with the business. So. It's, it's very rare that I give homework on a podcast, but it makes a lot of sense. So <laughs> yeah. we're coming up to the end of the year. There's two things that you can do. And we're going to dive a little bit more into some of the other stuff we want to talk about here in a second. But two things you can do. Number one is break it, like come up with your core values. I mean, we've talked about the three words that I put together uh, for the now year method. Take those and expand upon them. You know, I mean, I think that that's a place you could start if you want to. Number two is sign up for the like, I mean, it's starting today. Join us on that, the, the, you know, the Creative Focus Online Summit. Like, make sure that you're part of that because there's a lot. There's a lot of great people there. We've got Jocelyn. How, how do you pronounce Jocelyn's last name? Is it Glee or Gly? I can never remember. Glee. Yeah, Jocelyn Gly. Gly. Okay. Josh Kaufman, who we both know of, uh, Todd Henry, fellow Bengals fan and former guest on the show. Um, you know, there's others. Uh, you know, Paul Jarvis, local guy. Chris Buller, another Canadian. Stephen Hackett, who uh, I. I remember having the pleasure to meet at Macworld of, uh, many years ago. Aaron Mankey, friend of ours. And there's so Sean McCabe, Mike Hurley. There's, I mean, you've got a lot here. So there's, there's, there's tons. And you guys are going to, fo- I mean, the focus, uh, no pun intended, but you've got four kind of areas of focus. And one of the things that kind of, uh, as we as we dive into this, was the idea of traction. And you talked to me as we started off about like getting those clothes out for the next day to build momentum mm-hmm. when it comes to traction, like how, how do you keep 
like make sure that something you work on, you know, gains the traction that it needs or, or that it doesn't lose traction. And then when it does, how do you kind of, how do you recover? No, that's huge. I think, I mean, there's a gajillion things and maybe I'll use the example of, of the summit. Um, you know, so we decided this summer that we were going to put this thing on and that's a huge thing, right? It's just the decision, the in and of itself, that, that initial choice of just the decisiveness. And so deciding, okay, here is a goal that we're going to begin to move forward in and, and reach towards that. And another, the huge one after that is, is actually just beginning to take action on it. Right. And these, what can you do on a day-to-day basis that's going to keep moving the needle forward? And I think a lot of stuff gets hung up right in those early stages. You, you get an idea, you're pumped, you're amped, right? It's like, <gasps> this new idea, you know, like, mm-hmm. it, like light bulbs are like exploding and you know, you're, you're just firing on all cylinders and you just rock and roll for like 45 minutes. And then you're like, and okay, now what, <laughs> you know? And it's like that initial just steam of energy and then kind of a, you hit the first like snag or you'll begin to lose a little bit of that initial motivation or whatever. Um, and then it's like, okay, well, how do you keep moving forward? And so just having like that emphasis on what's something that I can do every day that's going to move the needle forward. And, you know, Mike, I know like you have your, your themed days, um, where you're just going, okay, like today's admin work on this and I'm going to, okay, what are the admin tasks that need to happen towards this project? And okay, whatever. And so you're kind of moving the needle forward every day within different areas of the project. Um, so for me, like I kind of have like themed chunks of my day. So every morning, the first thing for me is always writing, um, and you know, core or, uh, if it's not going to be writing and then it's like the most important task that needs to happen, uh, for something, you know, it's like the first thing in the morning. And so I have like this time set aside every day where I know I'm going to sit down, I'm going to tackle something that's challenging and that's the most important thing that I need to do. And so in terms of gaining traction, it's just having that consistent, time where I know I'm going to show up and just keeping that accountability to my, or keeping that uh, commitment to myself every day showing up and then recognizing it, you know, at the end of the day and and going, Hey, I did this. Like I showed up today and you know, I, I wrote 500 words or I wrote 12 words, you know, like it was really hard. I only got one sentence done, but at least I was here. I didn't break the chain and I showed up. Um, and so I think that's a huge one is just kind of having that commitment to make regular progress because like that's how you get it done, right? Is mm-hmm. you just keep showing up every day and you keep making progress and you just keep whittling away until finally, you know, it's done. And there's this Benjamin Franklin quote, uh, you know, he's just, uh, he was talking, talking about using an ax to chop down a street uh, and he goes, you know, little strokes fell great oaks. And I mean, it's a little bit more poetic when he says it. Uh, but it's, a, it's a, that's the idea of you just keep chopping away at the trunk of that tree and just keep at it. And eventually the thing's going to fall over and you'll, you'll reach your goal. Um, so that's a huge one. I, I think it's just showing up every day. How many articles have you written on seanblock.net? Just out of curiosity, oh, because you go through and I'm going to have, I'm going to have links to, you know, what you've built and, and all that stuff, because I think it's, it's, uh, you know, you look at how you've built things up and it's one particular article, how to make time, how to get time for your projects where you actually walk through a lot of the stuff here and you talk about all the, the things you've done since January, 2006, up until, you know, basically we're talking a, a fully completed 10 years. Um, how many articles are out there? I have no idea. Maybe five, six, seven hundred. Um, 
like actual articles. I've kind of got like a, and I mean, that's on Sean where I used to do, I don't do as much anymore, but I used to do a lot of smaller, just like yeah. link posts. Um, so if you don't count the link posts and you only count like the more kind of substantial articles themselves, there's, I don't know, probably 500 give or take. Um, and then if you count the link posts, I mean, I'm sure there's thousands. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, I mean, your, your, yeah. your motor, you know, your compendium of work is, is very impressive. And thank you. I, you know, one of the things that you've also got another article here that I definitely want to touch on because you and I are in the same boat about this. We actually talked about this during the, um, some of the stuff we talked about during the, the, the summit is the idea of your, your, your article learning not to think about it. You know, the idea of, um, hard to it's hard to let go of the ideas that you're always having because they're there um you know how to how do you fix how do you make sure that you're not it's not always at top of mind so how do you get to the point where i mean i know it's a challenge but where you can have an idea or have a even and we're not talking just small ideas we're talking massive ones and then put yourself in a position where you're not thinking about it but it's still not gone and you'll be able to quickly visit it or revisit it when the time arises oh my gosh this is so hard right because i think especially for those who you know were we're in a, a position where we we think for a living and whether that be design illustration creative work development stuff coaching people, managing people, whatever. It's like you're, you are thinking and solving problems for a living. That stuff just hangs on in your brain. You know, it's, it, it doesn't just go away. You don't clock out and leave. Um, and even when you do, you, you, uh, so often you just take, you take work with you. I know I do this. And so for me, like learning not to think about it was, was trying to give myself permission to let the unanswered work, the unfinished work, you know, stay in the office or stay at work and not take up primary residence right at the forefront of my brain so that when I'm done with work, either for the day or for the week, I don't take the, that, that stuff and that preoccupation with me when I then am go to be with my friends or go to be with my family or go to do something that's other than work. You know, there's lots of other stuff, you know, I mean, it's a big, you know, work's a big thing, but it's not the only thing. And I don't want to take it with me everywhere I go. And so, um, this thing that I do, uh, every day is at the end of my day, I write down my single most important task for tomorrow. Um, you know, write like your, your MIT or, you know, your SMIT or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, I say, okay, this is, this is it. This is a number one for tomorrow. And so like, you know, we're recording this right now. It's Monday. Um, so at the end of the day for me today, I'm going to write down Tuesday's most important task. And cause I've got a bunch of stuff this week that's important for me and I've already done a lot of it today. Um, and so tomorrow it's like, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to go, okay, objectively, I've got one day under my belt today so far for the week. What's the most important thing I need to do tomorrow that if I can get that done, then tomorrow is a win. And I write that down and I write, you know, I, and I put it on a notebook, you know, leave my notebook out. And I put it right in front of my computer on my desk. And then I set my glasses down and I like close everything down and I leave. And, and now I like have that item, like it's logged, right. Or it's ready or whatever. And it's been decided and I know what has to happen tomorrow. And so I kind of like just tied up some of those loose ends a little bit enough so that I can come back tomorrow and pick up using the notes that I left myself, not having to keep it in my brain and like store it there and like keep it fresh so that I don't forget it tomorrow. 
it's right here waiting for me. And then what else is so great about that is then I come in in the morning and when it's time to work, I already know the very first thing I'm going to do. So I don't open up email. I don't look at anything. And I, I just look at my notebook. Okay, what was the first thing I said I was going to do? Oh, I was going to write this article or I was going to edit this or I was going to work on this or I was going to, you know, whatever it is. And I do that first and then I don't do anything else. And then it's like, once I've done that, it's like, boom, you know, I'm, I'm now I've done the most important thing that I need to do for the day. I can consider the day a win. So anything else just derails me from here on out. Um, you know, that's okay. Like, it, I mean, hopefully it won't, but I at least got the most important thing done. And then having it written down for me really helps with not having to think about it during the off time. Awesome. Hey, I want to shift gears here for a second before we, yeah. before we wrap. I want to talk about reading. Uh, because <laughs> you and I, I mean, I don't know if you do the same thing I've done, but the past couple of years I've done the Goodreads reading challenge. And that's just something, if anything, that's acted as a trigger for me to be able to read um, over 50 books this year, I beat my challenge. And I actually did, I mean, I'm not counting Blinkist links or, or like any of that stuff. It's actually physically like reading or, or listening to a book. Um, you've got, you're a big reader and mm-hmm. you've got an article, um, which is, I could read, I could have written the title at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all could have, right? <laughs> I buy more books than I read. And, and what has, first off, like what has reading done for you over the past, you know, I mean, obviously you've been reading for longer than, you know, the last 10 years as, as you know, you've, you've taken on this online journey, but what has it done for you either in recent memory or, or over the past 10 years that, that you, you, you really, not maybe aren't surprised by, but it, it's, you're grateful for. I think for me, like I was never actually, I it wasn't until the last couple of years that I've turned into more of an avid reader. Um, I used to hate reading. Uh, I didn't read for, you know, I would, I rarely did never read fiction pretty much ever. And then would only read nonfiction for like specific, like study topics that I was really into. And I would read, like I had to read the whole thing, the whole right. book, every word of every chapter. And, um, kind of the story behind this is, so I, I guess, you know, two years ago, so it's the end of 2014. Uh, I am, I've just written a book on productivity. Basically it's called the power of focus life. And I, I wrote the book and it was everything that I knew. And that was important to me that I wanted to teach related to goal setting and focus and diligence and vision and values and work-life balance and all this stuff. And I wrote it all down and it's like 16, 17,000 words right around in there. And I go, okay, this is good. This is everything that, that Sean knows, but what about all these other people that I know know a lot of this stuff as well. And so I was like, I need to do some research and fill in all the gaps, fill in all the holes, um, you know, add some additional research. So I, I just jumped on Amazon and I just bought like 50 plus of the top productivity books, leadership books, you know, life coach type books, um, just all of this stuff. And I mean, some of it's like Zig Ziglar's old stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's Tony Robbins, old stuff, you know, notes from a friend, like some of these old books and then some of like the newest ones, you know, a lot of the, the Stephen Covey classics, like just the whole gamut, um, you know, all this stuff. And I'm going through and I just start reading these books and I'm just, um, I'm just like consuming myself with all this information and I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading them. And I kind of was like, if I want to get through this stuff, I can't just sit here and meticulously read each one word for word. I need a different approach. And so I started just, um, you know, kind of reading like the first chapter 
to get like an idea of the book, reading the last chapter, kind of see where they, they concluded with things I would go through and I would just skip certain chapters altogether or skim them. Other chapters, I would just read the whole thing and just was able to go, you know what? Like, I don't have to necessarily read this book from the front page to the last page in that order in order to get anything of value out of it. And it's like, I can probably get 80% of the value in 20% of the time. If I, if I skim the book, if I, if I look for the nuggets, if I know what I'm looking for, what information is in here and then find that and digest that and then go deep on that idea or whatever. And it's like, gosh, if you can just get like one good solid idea, one good takeaway from a book, it's like, man, you win, you know I mean? What, a, what a bargain. Right. Um, and so that kind of just changed my whole paradigm for books. And I've kind of been reading books like that ever since I don't read 50 books every three months anymore. Um, but I still definitely like when I see a book on Amazon, that looks interesting to me. Someone recommends it to me. If it's like, it's in the air, everyone's talking about it. I just buy it, um, uh, because I'm far more likely to go through it once it's on my bookshelf and I don't want to have to think about it later and like whatever. And so I just I buy books. Um, and so usually I've got one or two books showing up, uh, at, at least every week, one or two a week, uh, if not more. Um, but I only go through about, uh, two to three books a month. So I'm, you know, definitely falling behind and, and that's okay. Um, you know, cause sometimes like the last couple of weeks I haven't bought any books. So, you know, maybe I'm catching up a little bit. Um, but it's great, you know, just going through this stuff. I love it. So that's kind of my approach is just going, how can I get an idea? How can I glean something from a book? Um, and then, and then feel guilt-free to, to move on to the next one. What one book that you can think of has really impacted you in the last year that you've read? Gosh, um, the one book that has really, there's so many, I'm going to go the one, I, I mean, I, don't know, I, know, I know there's a lot. I, I feel the same. Like I could look at my list and say, you know, give and take by Adam. Like there's so many of them that are out there. The probably the one that's most impacted me, recently, uh, and is going to probably have some of the biggest impact on what I do in 2017 with my business, uh, is a book called the 10 X rule. Oh, Grant um, Cardone. Yes. And the whole book, I mean, it's like, <laughs> I mean, if you read it, it's a little bit abrasive at first and you gotta just, um, uh, like my friend Sean McKay likes to say, he says, you gotta be a gold miner. Um, and so some of the book, you begin to read it and it feels abrasive because it sounds like he's telling you that you are a lazy wimp. Um, and you just get past that. And you, I'm not a lazy wimp. Well, maybe I am, but we'll, we'll see. Um, but you know, just read it and you begin to go through and actually like his whole point is he goes, a lot of people, you know, we set goals. Um, you need to set bigger goals. And I, I think we hear that a lot is, is you got to set higher goals. And it's like, okay, yeah, I can do that. I can, I can set a higher goal. Your goal is to make a thousand dollars from your next product launch. Well, what if your goal was to make 10,000 from your product launch? Or what if your goal was, you know, so whatever it's, it's 10 Xing your goal and he goes, but that that's easy to do. people. Okay, sure. I can 10 X my goal. But then he says, here's what no one else does is they don't 10 X their action. You don't take massive action to accomplish your goals. And he's like, you can't do massive goals with average action. It just isn't going to happen. You have to have massive goal plus massive action and saying, okay, what is your goal? What's your big, exciting, wildly important goal? What is, what can you do? That's just, you know, 
always going to keep pushing forward. And he talks a lot about just taking 100% ownership for the things that are important to you, for all your spheres of life, all the areas that you're responsible for. You take ownership of it. You keep the ball in your court and you keep moving things forward. Um, he just talks about just, just a ton, ton of stuff related to time management and time ownership and just different things like that. And so for me, it kind of got me to think, all right, like I had this goal of certain ways that we wanted to grow the business and certain things we wanted to do to scale. Um, and I had this idea for like something we might do like once a month that, that might help, uh, build that. And I had to walk away and go, gosh, is, is once a month that, that, that sounds like average action. You know, mm-hmm. maybe we should try to do this once a week. And it's got, man, if we're going to do it once a week, if we're going to do these things, you know, this type of stuff on a weekly basis instead of on a monthly basis, that changes everything. It means we need to scale in this. It means we need more help. It means I got to think differently. It means I got to like, it, it opens up all these other problems that you have to begin solving as well. Um, but it just causes you to like get things moving quickly. So anyways, like that, that book was, uh, was pretty impactful for me in terms of making idea changes, some choices, uh, for how I'm going to be spending my time in 2017 of going like, man, if I have these goals, I got to have the action to back them up. And, and it really kind of made me rethink how I was spending my time and, and what action I was taking toward my goals. So yeah, the 10 X rule. Awesome. So where can people go to start doing that kind of stuff with you this coming Oh, this week, actually, because as we get close to the end, the Creative Focus uh, Online Summit seems to be a place where they can start doing that kind of stuff, taking that massive action and, and uh, you know, kind of paving the way for a better, you know, year, months and years beyond. So why don't we talk a little bit about that before we wrap up? Yeah, everything is at thefocuscourse.com. That's I mean, you find it all there. Um, so yeah, like you mentioned, we got this summit that's literally happening like right now as, as this podcast is, is going live. Uh, so it's December five through nine is the summit. And then we've got the focus course itself, which is like, we're taking all the ideas, um, of the summit in terms of, you know, finding clarity about what's important to you, getting traction, uh, on your goals, on your projects, uh, traction in areas of life that matter to you. Uh, we, you know, we talk about how to deal with overwhelm, how to manage that, how to get ownership of your time. Um, all of this stuff, it's in the focus course and the focus course is really cool. Um, you know, Mike, if you'll permit me, yep. like it's, you know, it walks you through all this stuff, which I love. And, you know, coming back to that story I was telling earlier with all the books, right. I bought all these, you know, Zig Ziglar and Tony Robbins and, and all these books, um, you know, so much more than just those guys, obviously, but they're like the you know, I mean, they're kind of like another generation of, of the productivity stuff. And it's just like, even just going back that far. Um, so anyways, all I have to say, like I'm reading through the books, right. And they're full of like really great ideas and just cool information and takeaways. And I'm just loving it, but I wasn't doing anything with it. And it just dawned on me that here I am reading these books. And if I'm not applying the ideas from these books, like who is going to read my stuff and apply it. And so it just kind of made me think, what could I do that would have a better impact on people's lives than a book? And I realized like, man, if I do this online course, then I can turn everything around. And instead of it being ideas and principles, and then at the end of the chapter, it's like, here's your action items for this chapter do this and then do this. And you know, you get to that and you're like, Oh, that's sweet. And you just turn the page and you go to the next chapter and you keep reading 
And it's in the experience, it's in the action that you actually apply the change, right? Like the, that's where change takes root is in the action and in the experience of it. And so I felt like if I can create a course that was action centric, that, that said, here, do this, do this, do this, and had these different assignments that were fun. It was cool. There was a community of people that were doing it with you. And so there was this group dynamic and all of that. And then all the ideas, all the principles, all the theories, all of the supporting evidence, all the science behind it was then underneath. And so it was like, here's the action item. And if you want, boom, here's everything you need to know about why this is helpful, how this can apply to other areas of your life, how you can teach this, how you can take this da, 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 and run with it, et cetera. But just starting with the simple little action. And so that's kind of what the course is. So we take all this stuff from the summit, all the conversations that we're having that are around these themes, um, and all of it is just a core foundation of the focus course. Um, so anyways, I, I'm a huge fan of it. Obviously, like I love this thing. It's been so powerful. Uh, you know, Mike, I know you've been through it and yeah. a, a bunch of your listeners, um, you know, this isn't to, to a lot of these people is probably not even new because, you know, we've discussed this stuff before. It's powerful. So anyways, yeah, it's all on the focuscourse.com. You can check it out. The summit is, is free this week and the next week we're open up registration. Uh, for the course. And I would love to, you know, see as, as many folks there, uh, come check it out, come say hi and hopefully join us. Uh, and then we're doing a big class. Everyone's going through it, uh, starting in January. Awesome. Sean, where can people find you other than obviously at the focuscourse.com to catch up with your work and keep, keep a bridge with everything you got going on. Yeah. If, uh, they like Twitter, I'm Sean Blanc on Twitter and my personal blog is seanblanc.net. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me again this week, buddy. I know we're gonna have a great time this week uh, at the summit and then uh, beyond, of course, as usual. Yeah, and every just another like sorry, just yep. tad point. Um, the summit's all it's all online, so like you don't have to travel anywhere, right? Like it's just it's it's videos, everything's on demand. So anyone who's going like, well, it's a little late now. It's like actually no, it's like it's perfect because you 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 jump in, yep. and it's just videos that are that are all on demand. You can just watch it on your phone, your computer, whatever. And there's like again the uh, people, the quality of the of the people you have on board is 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 phenomenal. So it's definitely worth it. Everybody check it out uh, this week and then get into the focus course. As as I mean, if you go to thefocuscourse.com, you'll see at the bottom. It's like you know, I mean. Uh, you know, you'll see I've, I've taken it, I've gone through it. It's phenomenal. Um, so again, thanks, John. Uh, thanks, Sean, for joining me this week. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Big thanks to Sean Blanc for joining me this week. You can find all the show notes in the blog post associated with this podcast episode or wherever you are listening to this podcast. The notes will be right there. And don't forget to join me uh, in the Creative Focus Online Summit. I'll be there with, along with a whole slew of other guests, and you can head over to the link to check that out as well. Thanks to John Poulter for producing this week's episode of the show. Thanks to all of you for listening. And by the way, if you're interested in getting more content surrounding this episode and others, you can become a supporter of the show. Become a patron over at patreon.com slash productivityist. There are tons of perks available for you as well. So go ahead and check that out at patreon.com slash productivityist. Until next time, I'm your host, Mike Vardy, reminding you to stop guessing and start going.